Hey, welcome to the Shift Daily Podcast. Rate it, review it, call your cousin, tell him about it, send me a check, because it's awesome. Eric at cknw.com. Uh, tonight on the podcast, Pooh and Victoria, the pipe has finally been sealed and the water will be treated. There's nothing new coming out for TV and movies. Nothing. It's all regurgitated Star Wars. Are you okay with a McDonald's burger that is... Spam and Oreo flavored. Again, email me, eric at cknw.com. What is wrong with you? That's it. Welcome to the podcast. (laughs) Okay. All right, that's it. Welcome back to The Shift. This is Eric. This is, this is the night of funness and excitement. Amir is here. Say hello to the people. Hello to the people. Uh, I brought Amir in because we had this conversation earlier this week, and I thought we might expand it to the national audience because I find it fascinating because I'm, I'm sick of everything that's on TV. This is a national problem, dude. It's an international problem. It's a global problem. Perhaps. Right. Most places. So, um, first of all, the Mandalorian season finale was dropped Friday night. I haven't seen it yet. I hope it's wonderful. I have just nothing. Been raving about this show. Nothing but high expectations. It's so good. Even if you just like the visuals of a TV show yeah, or a that. show, yeah. a film, film. But um, the big uh, the big announcement last week, of course, too, was the ten thousand different new Star Wars shows, <sighs> of course. And we had the Marvel stuff recently. Um, that didn't mean anything to you, though, did it, Amir? You, that was one not- of the things that sort of kicked off this thing because I traditionally like Marvel stuff, um, not so much Disney stuff. But I feel like the fact that they've announced that they're going to do so many shows and series means that the quality inherently is going to drop. I don't think you can do that many shows without, again, compromising the quality of them. So it kind of irks me. And Disney's kind of done this with a lot of properties that people love, like The Lion King, Aladdin. They remake them and put them out again needlessly, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And you're not even a hard, like like I was trying to say there, you're not even a fan of Star Wars, are you really? Have you even I, seen any of them? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm a fan oh, of the okay. classic Star Wars. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. But I feed into that. A lot of people have come out and, and said, like, they didn't necessarily need to go the route they're going with Star Wars, which, again, is just sort yeah. of milking it, you know? So did anything intrigue you from the announcement or nothing? Because I got, I got excited for nothing. Honestly, uh, nothing. <laughs> intrigued, yes. Excited, maybe not. Like, the, the show that they're going to be doing on Obi-Wan... That, okay, yeah. that kind of intrigued me because Hayden Christensen's coming back, right. which is probably going to annoy a lot of people. Yeah, I actually love that. I heard I was reading, too, that um, Obi-Wan Kenobi, the actor that plays him, who's playing him? Uh, isn't it? Uh, what's his uh, name? Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor. Yes. I heard that he's broke because of his divorce. No way. And that's why he's doing this. Oh that's just a rumor. I cannot confirm that. But That kind of makes sense. <laughs> I mean, Hayden Christensen, I get it. He's not doing a lot. You know, no. he needs the work. BC boy. Is he really? I think he's from Richmond. Is he a Canadian kid? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. But why Why do you think we're running into this problem? Again, with Marvel, we're running into it. I just see it. You, see, you mentioned Saved by the Bell. Great yeah. song. Yeah. But we've done it already. Why, why are we... I'm, I, why are we not having anything new? That's what I want to get to the root of. Again, when in the 80s, when all these shows launched, another example is Full House. They released Fuller House. Yeah. Uh, another show from the 90s, Boy Meets World. They did Girl Meets World. Oh, did they really? I didn't even know they that. They did. It only lasted three seasons. <laughs> but I don't get why we can't. There are some good new shows. So why can't these companies just focus on trying to create new ideas? Is it because they have and they've failed and they're like, okay, well, that didn't work. Let's go back to the old thing and try well, again. Isn't that kind of what all doesn't matter? It's, that's all TV and movies. You tried and it fails. Isn't that the whole thing? Yeah. So do so it. What? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, 
do you think I know money's involved? Of course, sure. that's a thing. But yeah. you mentioned the chance, and I wonder why no one's taking the chance because Star Wars. It was a chance. Mm -hmm. It was not supposed to be a hit. So I feel like the money would be in taking chances, more bigger chances. Like you go to like a Miramax production. We don't want to go there past what I just mentioned, but they kind of did that. And you got to respect the business part of that for what they did. And I think you just touched on why. I think it's the business aspect of it. I think because it's so expensive to create a new show and launch a new show, Mm. that taking that risk means maybe that your company just is over because you launch a show and it fails. Maybe. I feel like money doesn't matter with TV anymore, with Apple productions and Netflix, like the amount of money they have. But see, then now you're going to be relying on a company like Apple or Netflix or Amazon to float your production in order to to advance where, I mean, I don't know what the foundation of like Saved by the Bell or Full House was, but maybe the climate was, the business climate of these these productions was was so different. They didn't have all these mega corporations banking these shows. Oh, mega corporations. And you mentioned the Disney thing too, like it's their job to dump water on everything. Yeah. Even Frozen. They did Frozen 2. Why would you do that? And they're going to do Lion King 2, I'm sure. They're probably going to yeah. continue with Aladdin. And the thing with Disney especially is they've got all of these amazing uh, IPs in their vault that they've just put in their vault and locked up and they're not going back to. What about IPs? Um, intellectual properties. Oh, okay, okay, so okay. Yeah. just things that they own. Stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like another one that they've come out and remade again is Mulan. Right. And, and a lot of these movies are, aren't even that exciting for hardcore Disney fans. And that's the other part of it. They're catering to a a different audience, which angers people like us sometimes. Right. Are they going too niche or not niche enough? Not niche enough, in my opinion. They're going after the 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 younger audience now, like yeah, the, the, yeah. the the people that are in their teens now, and trying to excite a new generation with these older properties. Meanwhile, again, people like us, well, people like me, are, are sort of scoffing at them. I wonder too. That I want to come back to that whole big conglomerate thing because I think that's I pretty much I think that's the answer. But I don't like the rollout of it either. Like I like <clears throat> the way that I remember it happening before when they rolled out properties, like. Say there's a new Star Wars coming mm-hmm. out. Like three months right now, we're, we're, there's this lead up for one movie. Yeah. And we don't know what it is. And it's this big build up. And then they release it. And then four years later, they do another one, three or two, whatever. Like that's part of it too. Maybe that's my problem. It's just because when it initially hits, you're just saturated with it. And then I guess you do kind of forget about it by the time it gets up. But even then, I'm like, I don't know if I want to see this. Is there nothing else? That saturation aspect. Yeah, that's that's it for me too. Like when the the pre-trilogy for Star Wars launch, for example, episode one, two, and three, yeah. it had been so long. It had been over – it had been decades since anyone has seen Star Wars. That's very true. Where now people see Star Wars every year. So that that chance to build that excitement, they, they're stealing it from us. Well, and that – the, back to the money part, the memorabilia of it. You lose a little bit of the memorabilia and the heart and the soul of it when you yeah. when you toss out a new character every three days. Yeah, yeah, totally. So I wonder why that's but 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 I mean the de- I, I guess it's like the death of anything though. It's the giant corporation. Hi, love you, Shaw. Love you, Chorus. <laughs> but but when it, it, they do, they 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 have rules. They have things they need to live by because it's a company and they are there to make money and they have shareholders. So it's not a slight to them. It's their job. But do you think there's ever could be a balance of, of because this is only going to get bigger? Like Apple's owning stuff. Netflix is getting bigger and bigger. They're international. The what's that? Uh, 
what's the Chinese movie production house? Um, not Tencent, is it? No, no. There's another one. They do the. Um, it's like the Chinese Amazon as well. I think it's the same production. I know who Anyways, you're talking yeah. About. yeah. Um, like those people, uh, the, the 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 production companies. Excuse me. Don't go there. Um, is there a balance? Or is it just take it away from those big houses and take it back to independent? And that's the thing, that the balance has been destroyed. You do see independent movies and TV shows every once in a while slipping through the cracks and finding success. Like I'm thinking of a show like Schitt's Creek, for example. Right. Um, there are companies like AMC who have you know given their green lights to smaller shows right. at the start, which have gone on to become big. So there, is, there, there still are sort of more independent um, productions finding success. But I think as this trend of these mega corporations owning everything continues, that we're going to see this happening less and less probably. Yeah, because I wonder too, because with the big companies owning everything, would that create more opportunities for smaller companies to get involved too though? Like Netflix gives big grants to Canadians. Mm-hmm. You know, it's inter- the whole conversation, it's fascinating. Like how do you figure this out and give us better quality content? Because I don't even mean mind bad movies. Like Ready Player One, people complained about that. <laughs> I think that's a great franchise idea, and you could actually do something if you invested a little more into it. I mean, they already it's all CGI, so it's yeah. it's a bit invested in, but what, take the chance. Yeah, and I wonder if, there's, if, if there are people in our demographic that actually do connect with these uh, reimaginings of the classics that we grew up with. I would mm. be curious to know that. I wonder. Like the Saved by the Bell. Yeah, like like it, I guess like like a kid taking maybe a a person older than you that has a kid. Sure, is like, hey, you want to watch this show? I watch. Let's watch the original. Let's watch it together. So, yeah. But again, that has no legs. That doesn't last long because no. it's going to be a garbage and show. See, I'm someone that grew up with Saved by the Bell. My older siblings used to watch it. So now when I see that a new one came out, I'm just like, oh, that's literally my reaction <laughs> to it. Is, oh. Do you have any brilliant to end this? Do you have any brilliant movie ideas? You want to put out there right now for someone to produce? I have produce? a brilliant TV show idea. Oh, what is it? It takes place in a radio station. Okay. Are you making a joke? No, I'm not. Okay, okay, go And ahead. it would be sort of like a show like The Office, except it would be real. So it would be like an actual film crew coming in. Everyone that works in the radio station would be the characters on the show. Right. And then that's it. That's it. That's yeah. right. I think it's brilliant. I think <laughs> well, it has there was, They already did that with news. Wasn't it news radio? Where Was that in Europe? No, with... Uh, no, that was here. News. It was with. Um, well, if I don't know about it, obviously it wasn't successful. Oh, d- oh no, it was a hit. Oh, and that's driving really? me nuts. Yeah, and I can't oh, think of it. I no. have to Google it. News Talk. It was with Kevin Hart, Phil Hartman. Really? Yeah. Hold on. Before I hang up on this uh, segment, I'm just gonna get this. Uh, if anyone wants to help me with that idea out <laughs> there in Canada right, land, that's why I'm asking you. Maybe you get a gig here. Yeah, it's called News Radio. Amir at CKW.com. It was basically uh, Phil Hartman, Dave Foley. Moira Tierney. Really? That sounds awesome. Andy Dick. It, it was. It was fantastic. It was a wonderful it was, it was TV show. News Radio? News Radio. It was like back in the mid-90s, I want to say. Wow. We go back to Wikipedia. 1995, five seasons. Check it out. News Radio. Amir, thanks for the chat. Yeah, no problem. Cool. Yeah, brilliant idea, Amir. It's already been done. Good idea. It is, it is interesting. I actually have a, I have a million dollar, um, I just remembered this. I have a, not a TV show, but a million dollar idea, Leo. It's brilliant. Uh, so actually, I think someone stole it already. But what it is, is you know how um, people say um, you lose a limb and, and you have like, you know, you don't have a regular size fitting shirt. It's custom fit shirts and clothing for people with, you know, missing limbs or legs and things like that. But I would call it amputees. Some t-shirt. Yeah, you roll your eyes some more, Leo. <laughs> but, yeah. but then Tommy Hilfiger did it a couple of years ago. It was a great idea. 
So they made a million dollars. Wow. You ever get sick of the old, you know, regurgitated movies and stuff coming out, Leo? Or are you cool with it all? Like, you know how Star Wars, you know, new Star Wars. Do you want a new adventure or are you cool with it? Uh, specifically about Star Wars, uh, I don't fall. I mean, I watch the movies, I don't, but I don't watch like the series Mandalorian. That's Oh, really? Really? No, oh. just <laughs> you're watching the Yankees I, I, instead. I, I, I'm done. I, I do watch a lot of movies, but just yeah. uh, that's not my preference. It's not your thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. No, that's yeah. cool. That's cool. But what do you think? Do you th- do you like the the thought of you know new Star Wars stories within that universe, or do you or do you get tired of that? Same with Marvel. Like, I, like I collect the comics too. I have the Infinity War, all of it, Battle World. Let's talk comics, but. Do you, do you prefer that we come up with new, fresh ideas, or do you like going back to the same old well? I prefer going back to the same old well. You do? At some, at, well, because at some yeah. point... No, this like, is interesting. I no, want no, your opinion because, because this is interesting to me. Because at some point when something's running for so long, so long, so long, like you just got, you just ran out of ideas and you start developing like crazy parallel universes. You're right. Just like, you know, like it's like you're peeling an apple so much. There's no more to do. It's well, not the, gonna. It's gonna be like the same content that it was when you just well, first opened. Okay, so then you do agree then? Well, yeah. <laughs> well, the quality will decrease. That's why I strive for better quality. But you know, yeah, okay. There's so much that uh, that uh, the visual effects can do. I yeah. prefer good storytelling. So, oh, okay. So you should watch The Mandalorian then, dude. It's amazing. Yeah. It's a great story. I need to finish Money Heist first. That's what I'm Money watching. Heist? What's that? Uh, it's, <laughs> it's on Netflix. It's the Spanish series. This is a f- oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, don't, I don't know Spanish, so I don't watch Spanish. No, but they, well, Netflix has all the, the all captions. The and, and, and it has yeah. uh, the, the, the English dub, too, if you don't want to Oh, it's got the... I don't mind reading. Yeah. Yeah. So. I just don't know any good Spanish shows. I guess that's why yeah, I don't watch well, Money them. Money Heist is a, is a phenomenon. Really? Like, eh? At least, uh, yeah. Like, that, when Netflix bought from a Spanish uh, channel, they did no promos, and then it became this big, and then they got all these celebrities to make cameos like Neymar Jr., and all the huh. soccer players, and it, it, it's great. It's a, they're trying to rob the Bank of Spain. It's about like a, okay. a chess thing. La Casa de Papel. La Casa de Papel. That's ah, it. Papel. Yeah, <laughs> sweet. Gotta all work right. on that Spanish. Oh, bro. oh, I gotta work on a lot of things other than my Spanish, my friend. That's at the bottom of the list. Let me tell you about that. Okay, so cool. Uh, yeah, I just find that conversation fascinating. So that's why we had it. Okay. This is the Shift Daily Podcast. Let's do this. Are you okay though? Uh, you want to run you? I'll run. You want me to run the thing, or you want to run the thing? Oh, you can run, Robert. You want me to, okay, here we go. Okay. Are you okay with rich people offering donations to get the COVID vaccine first? <laughs> no, no, I'm not. No. I, I think this is incredibly entitled, and it's just like your sports friends that tried to buy all those vaccines for the NHL. I don't think that's okay. Of course not. <laughs> I'm with you right there. You don't think there's any reason why someone should be able to buy, to offer, they're offering like 25, here, let me read it for you. Let me read it for you first, and then let me know, Leo, okay? Okay. This, This is from the Toronto Star. They're offering tens of thousands of dollars in cash, making their personal assistants pester doctors every day and asking whether a five-figure donation to a hospital would help them jump the line. The COVID-19 vaccine is here, and so are wealthy people who want it first. We get hundreds of calls every single day, said Dr. Eshan Ali, who runs Beverly Hills Concierge Doctor. His clients, who include Ariana Grande and Justin Bieber, pay between 2000 and 10000 a year for personalized care. Wow, wow, wow. This is the first time where I've been not, why I've not been able to get something from my patients. 
For the first doses in short supply, California has laid out strict order of vaccinations based on need and risk. Healthcare workers and nursing home residents, the essential workers, and those with chronic health conditions. Then finally, everyone else. But to those with power, money, and influence, rules can always be bent. California's stern messaging about serving the neediest first hasn't stopped the rich from trying to leap ahead of teachers, farm workers, and firefighters. Good Lord. Dr. Jeff Toll who is admitting privileges at Cedars-Sinai Medical Center, one of the first hospitals to stock the vaccine, recalled a patient asking, if I donate, well, let me do it like, a, like this person probably sounds. If I donate $25,000 to Cedars, would that help me get in line? Dr. Toll said, no. You're going to be the first in line to get the vaccine. No, you're not. This is crazy. How entitled do you, how can one person be? Why can't you just wait like the like if I was if I had twenty five thousand dollars to throw around, I would just go like buy an island and stay there or buy a really big house and not really care because how long I had to quarantine for because I'm totally loaded. I don't get why people think that they deserve life more than others. It's nuts, Leo. And I'm surprised you don't agree with this. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not at all. I'm glad you don't, because yeah. then I might have to give you crap. Uh, well, that's that's you're saying for me. I I don't I don't agree yeah. with that. You know, <laughs> that, that sounds exactly hey. like me hosting the show right there. I see it. Like I'm taking it back. <laughs> I'm all about our heroes, our frontline workers. That those people should go first. I should right. go last. I should be the last because I'm not diabetic. I'm not yep. over sixty. So like, oh hey, I can wait. Everybody, you know, I can be on the last. Group. Well, that's oh. where uh, that's where I'm at with the whole vaccine thing. I'm like, I'll I don't I'm not in any rush. I'll wait. I'll quarantine for another year if I have to. If it means, like you said, if people that need it or even you know what, even want it. If you're sitting there and you need to take a trip, fine. I'll, I'll happily go to the back of the line and let you get your trip in because a lot of people can't handle this and they're having a very tough time. And I get that, but I'm not going to rush. And take it away from, like you said, a healthcare. Imagine this person takes a, a vaccination from a healthcare worker just because they're entitled. How dare you? All right, let's get to the next one. This one, I love this. Here we go, Leo. Are you okay with a spam and Oreo hamburger? I think I'm okay with this. I I don't judge on people's food taste because I like weird things, but um. But I think I'm okay with it. So um, think of two completely random foods and put them together. Oreo and Spam. It's a McDonald's neck sandwich and it's entering stores in China beginning December 21st. Those with access to McDonald's in China stores will be able to purchase a sandwich made of two slices of Spam. Leo, have you had Spam before, Leo? No. No? <laughs> I had Oreos, but uh, I don't Never think spam. I, I don't think I had Spam. You get in a can, yeah. No, I only, on the only place I had Spam was on my email, but... Uh, oh, no. <laughs> hey-oh. Look at this guy. Look at him go. Uh, so, yeah. Um, where, where was that? Two slices of Spam. Crumbled Oreo cookies. Better yet, the whole thing is apparently topped in a sauce flavored after the iconic <laughs> Oreo cream filling. Ooh, that sauce sounds gross. Here's B60. To all beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions, and a sesame seed bug. Yep. 
Those are the classic ingredients for one of McDonald's most iconic menu items, the Big Mac. But in a decidedly more eclectic departure from their traditional all-beef patties and conventional toppings, McDonald's China is about to release this, a Spam and Oreo, uh burger? It goes on sale on December 21st, but it will thankfully only be in limited quantities. According to Twitter user Daniel Ahmed, allegedly only 400,000 of them will be available once they start selling them, with the wacky item going for the equivalent of $2 and one penny. And while Spam has their trademark stamped right on the ad, Oreos is notably missing, as pointed out by Kotaku's Brian Ashcraft, which makes us wonder if they also thought this was a bad idea. While the advertisement isn't forthcoming about anything other than the Spam patties and the crumbled Oreo cookie, we're also very concerned about what Whatever sauce is shown topping this fast food faux pas. Is there still pennies in China? That's interesting. I haven't seen a penny in so long. I don't think they exist anywhere anymore. Do you have, uh, was there pennies in Brazil? Not that I recall. No, really? No. Yeah. Hmm. I have to check here. No, that's okay. Don't bother. It's fine. It's not that important. It was just an observation I made or an audible listening thing I did. But <laughs> the, uh, the Oreo cream filling as the, the sauce is what throws me off of this. Because I'm cool with any. Do you have any really weird combos of food you like, Leo, anything? Like weird? Yeah, mm. like like spaghetti and ketchup. No, not at all. Um, not No, I no? Usually, no, usually when I order, I, I just order as, as, as it's written on the menu. I don't change it. You don't do all. the extra thing? No. You're like, I, I want... I want a three millimeter sliced pickle no. with lettuce that's exactly no, ten I, degrees Celsius. I hate, I hate paying extra for cheese, all, all that stuff. <laughs> I love paying extra for cheese, man. That's I my favorite it. thing. No, is I, it the pay because you have to pay for it that you don't like to do? No, it? first I don't like cheese at all. Like uh, that. Well, I mean, not Whoa. that I hate, not that not that I hate it, but I was, uh, you don't uh, like cheese, dude. No, not that I'm in love with that. Uh, not a fan of cheese. No, no, that's no, weird I, to me. If you don't like, I love it's cheese. Me. Like, well, if if there, if it's there, I'll eat. If it's not, eh, I'm not gonna pay extra for it. That's that's what I want <laughs> to say. That's funny. <laughs> so, wow, yeah. I'm learning about Leo. I like this. Wait, what cheese on your burger for? I don't know how many cents. Uh, no, thank you. Was and that the? Then, Mc- they, they look at me like, that. what is this guy like? Oh, was well, that the McDonald's worker you just impersonated oh, there? Oh, well, any burger joint, McDonald's, A <laughs> W, whatever. <laughs> okay. So, okay, so what about nachos and cheese? Do you like nachos and cheese? Oh, yeah. Okay, but will you pay extra cheese on your nachos? Will you pay for extra cheese there? Uh, Not really. Usually the cheese that comes, it's enough enough for me. Wow, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just sorry. I get offended when people don't like cheese because I love cheese so much. Like, I I just cut sometimes, like when I get home at 3 in the morning today, I'll just slice cheese and just sat on my counter and eat cheese and throw it at my dog and they'll they'll eat the cheese too. Wow. Wow. What do you think about the the Oreo cream filling mayonnaise sauce? What do you think about that? That's that sounds appealing. That sounds appealing, Leo. <laughs> that sounds appealing. <laughs> I <laughs> Oh man! I, I mean, if you were like, go go there, go go try that. Uh, maybe, yeah, I guess I would. I would try. I can I've never, but to be honest, though, what's tripping me out is I've never disappointed by a uh, 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 McDonald's sauce. Like their their McChicken sauce is. Have you, have you tried it? McChicken sauce. It's so good, dude. I think I only tried the regular barbecue sauce. Oh, okay. Oh. There's the McChicken sauce, the Szechuan, the Szechuan sauce. There's a bunch of sauces. From the, the original Mulan movie, remember that? It's from Rick and Morty. No, it's yeah. so good. McDonald's does sauces good, so I wonder if the 
Oreo cream filling sauce will be any good. Mm. <laughs> no cheese on that, though, eh? You gonna put cheese on that? <laughs> I'm not putting cheese on uh, that. No. I don't know. That's weird. If I can avoid yes, then no. Okay. All right. That works. All right. Let's do this one. Are you okay with people getting arrested for violating COVID rules? Yeah, you know what I am. I, I don't like this rat on your neighbor thing. I don't like the whole, you know, t- you know tell on people that I don't, I don't like the rat thing. But if you're going to break the rules, you're going to get arrested. But is arrested too far, Leo? Should it just be a stern warning or a ticket instead? Is arrested too much? What do you think? Oh boy! It's, I know it's tough, right? It's tough. It's yeah. I, I believe there, there needs to be some punishment. You, yeah, you, just, yeah. you, you can't get away with it. Like we've been there in this like for how long now? Since too March. long, yeah, too long. So yeah. you know already the rules. So if, you, yeah. if you're breaking, uh, 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 I mean, it depends on the stuff. Like if you throw in like a huge party, like with I don't know, in your apartment with fifty people, maybe uh, maybe you should go to jail. But. Uh, yeah. Okay, well, well, listen to this. Let me tell you. Well, let's listen to this, and then we'll have the, we'll talk more. So, it's right. Thursday afternoon, when uh, uh, bylaw officers responded to reports of forty plus people crowding the Southwood Community Rink and Skate Park in Cowtown, uh, it caught on tape an encounter at Southwest Calgary Rink is highlighting the stress and frustration around COVID nineteen. Police and bylaw officers came to disperse a group of young people they say were disobeying disobeying the regulations, as Dr- Jill Croteau reports. The situation exploded when one of the people involved was taken into custody. It's an inviting outlet for anybody anxious to get outside. But on Thursday afternoon, this southwest rink wasn't the place to take in a pleasant pastime. What may have started out as a skate turned into rinkside rage. Like, look at this. this incident started when bylaw officers responded to reports of 40 plus people crowding the Southwood Community Rink and Skate Park. 12 year old Ryan Santabar was skating nearby and captured parts of the encounter on video. A peace officer came, he sat in his car for a bit. Then he got out, he come told the skateboarders that we have to go and that we're not allowed being there. And then just we all refused. Where's our freedom? Where's our freedom? Where is it? Where is it? What kind of life do we live in? Everyone look at this. This is What did this guy do? Why is he laying on the ground with six cops on the ground? I'm so sorry. Really? They had him on the ground for at least like six minutes, just frozen, cutting his skates off with a knife. Ryan's mom saw the video and doesn't condone the disrespect, but doesn't agree with the police tactics. I think it was overboard, too much. Um, it was extreme. I think they should have talked to the children first, uh, explained to them why the bylaws are in place. Police say they repeatedly asked for compliance, but said the one individual became confrontational and refused to leave or identify himself. That's when things turned physical. But we are seeing our officers continually put in these almost untenable positions where they have to defuse these situations or support by law. And what's happening is, and just the reality of it through our lens, is good people are trying to find pieces of what they want to do in a changing environment. And it is stressing people to the max. A 21-year-old was charged with obstructing an officer, resisting arrest, and violating the Public Health Act. Jill Crotel, Global News. Whew.
Corwin Audland with CPS Public Affairs said people refused to disperse from an outdoor scanning area after being advised they were violating public health orders. When our officers arrived, they spoke to the same people about the health orders and several left without incident. Right? Just go home. That's what you're supposed to do. It's really easy to not get arrested. When told he was being ticketed for not leaving, he refused to identify himself and skated away from the officers, Audlin said. Police said the individual refused to identify himself when asked to do so by an officer who's charged with obstruction of justice. I mean, come on. That's just common sense. You, 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 I don't care how much you don't like the police. When they ask you your name, you give them your name. Unless, unless you, 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 there's some reason you know you can't talk to them, which... You know, you just, you just, yes, officer, here you go, sir. Here's my name. Yes, I'll go home. That whole situation could have been avoided. So I'm glad he got arrested. I'm okay with this, Leo. I'm okay with it. Uh, yeah, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. Okay, okay, cool. <laughs> I'm going to get Leo to talk a lot tonight because I think it makes him nervous. So uh, we're going we're gonna to lose Leo's fear. We're going to get him chatting. He's going to be a chatty Kathy after this. Right, Leo? Yeah. <laughs> you don't look excited for this at all. I am. I'm excited about a lot of things, especially making fun of people and make them feel awkward. It's one of my favorite things today. Okay. This is the Shift Daily Podcast. Is poo a problem in Brazil, Leo? I mean, I mean that seriously. I know you're laughing and it sounds like, but is public defecation an issue there? Uh, maybe rural areas. I, I yeah. don't hear a lot in uh okay. in the in the urban okay. places. Not that that makes the news or right, right. I well, I ask because it's it's an international problem. Like in, in Montreal, um, they were they're having a problem with um dog poop being left out, so they had just giant poops all over the city to remind you to pick up the dog poop in vancouver on the west coast um there's actually a a mascot the pee and poo mascot for the city of vancouver so it's an issue in 2017 there was about a billion people that still go to the bathroom outside have you ever pooped outside leo what do you mean by outside it's outside of your household or outside like outside just not in a bathroom Oh, not no! I haven't. You done have. That. You haven't really. No. Never camping or anything. You had no, to walk twenty no. yards into the bush. Uh, no. Use a sock because you forgot toilet paper. No, I'm no. not. I'm not the camping person. Oh, have you ever been I, camping ever? Uh, not really. I really? didn't last long enough at the Boy Scout camp. <laughs> I didn't last long because the life wasn't for me. Wow, eh? You just don't. You need your. You need your phone and the lights and heat. I'm a. I'm a. I'm an urban person. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that. good for you. You'd go camp if it. What if it was like a, an RV? Would you go then? Like a like a motorhome, still then, still then, eh? Yeah, you don't like the outdoors, eh? No, I like to be in the city. I don't like, yeah, I don't like nature. I mean, (laughs) maybe hiking. Oh no, gosh, no. Maybe hiking, but I need to be back in my place by the end of the day. Right. Well, see, that's the way I am. I love the outdoors. I like being in it, but I want to be in my house by the end of the day. And I, I camped a lot. I don't mind camping. I can start a, a fire and like a blizzard and all that. I have skills. But I'm with you, Leo. I'd rather, I'd rather be at home. So you, Leo's never pooped. I've pooped outside many times. I used to work in northern Alberta. So, I mean, when it's minus 30 and you got no choice, you can't drive 20 minutes, you got to do your thing. So, yeah. And I've been camping a lot. Um, but but there, there's 7 billion people on this planet, and that's a lot of number two. There's a music video launched by UNICEF India. Under the campoon campaign, sorry, I can't, I'm, I'm taking poo and putting it in every word. They take your poo to the loo in association with JWT India, focusing on putting an end to open defecation. Here's a snippet of the song. First thing in the morning, 
What do I see? A pile of staring at me. I close my eyes, I step away. No matter where I go, there's no getting away. You bring that down a bit for me, Leo. So that's that's the campaign. This is a thing, and, and we are no different in Canada. Like I said, the, the the city of Vancouver have the pee and poo mascot. In Montreal, they have giant turds to remind you to to put it away. But um, um, after twenty years of an issue in Victoria, it's thirty years. It's finally been fixed. On December 15, 2020, the Capital Regional District announced that it is providing tertiary treatment for wastewater from the core area of municipalities of Victoria, Esquimalt, Saanich, Oak Bay, View Royal, Langford, Colwood, and the Esquimalt and Songhees nations. So basically what has been happening for the last, however, over 30 years, the city of Victoria in BC on Vancouver Island has just had a straight pipe going out from your toilet into the ocean. So there's no waste treatment at all. It's, it's fascinating. And, it, it, and as I'll point out in this conversation I have, it comes frustrating when you're, you're trying to be the greenest part of the world or of Canada and you're just totally just, you're, you're crap in the bed on the whole situation. I talked to a person who's been there from the beginning, Vaughn Palmer, ace reporter, knower of all things, and especially about the mascot. I'm Mr. Floaty, the ocean poo. If you come from Victoria, I come from you. And all things Victoria wastewater. We had a chat about it. And, and, the, and the big day that happened this week when Victoria finally is treating their wastewater instead of just shooting into the ocean. Well, everything that happens in Victoria takes longer than people expect. But even by the standards of this capital city, of British Columbia, this is an incredible one. We have been talking in Victoria for 30 years about not treating our sewage, and we've had a really good plan to not do it for a long, long time. We spent a lot of money not doing it. But finally, uh, this week, the Capital Regional Wastewater Treatment Center started Treating wastewater at a cost of only, oh, in round numbers, 800 million bucks. Oh, wow. That's not cheap at all. There was, but there was, this was, this got international play. Didn't, wasn't there, a, there was a, there was going to be a tourism boycott of Victoria. I think that was happening a while ago as well with, when this first started. Yeah, it all started when a, a political columnist for the Seattle Post Intelligencer, Joel Connolly, who knew Canada quite well, he covered our region a lot, uh, came across or made an issue of the fact that BC's capital was dumping raw sewage into the Strait of Juan de Fuca, and in fact had been doing so for about 100 years, while many, most cities in Washington state had built sewage treatment plants. And we weren't doing it. Uh, We were using raw sewage, and uh, moreover, we were determined not to do anything different for the longest time. So he made an issue of it, stirred up the communities down there in Washington state, and eventually uh, generated enough controversy and backlash that there was serious talk about a tourism boycott. Uh, confronted with that threat to the capital, uh, Premier of British Columbia, Mike Harcourt, remember him, uh, went down and met with the then governor of Washington State, Mike Lowry, in Olympia, the Washington State capital, and talked to the media. And he said, no, he said, Harcourt said, we're going to do it. We're going to do this and we're going to have it done within 15 years. So that was 1993. So you do the math. (laughs) Uh, This thing should have been up and running 
12 years ago. It took us 27 years to complete a 15-year plan, uh, but we finally did it. And you know, the people down there, I guess, patient enough that they said, oh, well, you know, Canadians can be pretty nice on other issues. So they, they, didn't, they didn't revive the boycott. They muttered about it a few times. But uh, here we are. We're finally done. And uh, Connolly had a nice piece in uh, his website down in Washington State on uh, this week saying uh, it's over. It's done. Uh, they've done it. Hooray! Well, it's it's amazing too, Vaughn, to, to how much support it had and how everybody was so gung-ho. But like you said, it still took, it seems like, forever for anything to happen. Yeah, the, the, uh, the columnist for the Victoria paper, Jack Knox, has uh, famously branded the capital region dysfunction by the sea. <laughs> Their ability to fight over stuff here is good, and uh, yeah, I mean nobody wanted it in their backyard. I mean, part of, because we left it so long to yeah. treat the sewage. Yeah. Most of the suitable locations were already being used for something else, and I'll tell you, one of the one of the sites they looked at was down at the end of my block. So I'm glad they uh, rejected that one. I would have been in the NIMBY movement on that. They put it at the entrance <laughs> of the harbor. It must be one of the most scenically located sewage treatment plants in the world because it's right at the entrance to Victoria Harbor on a on a prime piece of real estate, but there it is. Uh, and we shouldn't let this go, by the way, without acknowledging the incredible role of Mr. Floating. Well, yeah, I was just going to go there because when you have a mascot, you must pay homage to it when everything is said and done. This guy was amazing. You know, he was a university student. Uh, he was learning to be a school teacher. And man, did he teach everybody a lesson in how to dramatize issues. He <laughs> dressed up in this giant outfit of brown velvet with a little uh, sailor's cap on his head and a pair of rubber boots. And he would show up at public meetings and he would dance around in his little high-pitched voice and he would say, you know, I'm Mr. Floaty, the ocean poo. If you come from Victoria, I come from you. He had a business card that was on toilet paper and he had an endless supply of wordplay and puns and stuff. But you know, it worked. People laughed their heads off at him, and the kids loved him, and he, people used to get his autograph and stuff, but he, he actually managed to focus how ridiculous it was that the capital of British Columbia, proud of its environmental commitment and city of gardens and all that, was doing something that basically no other city in North America was getting away with, which mm-hmm. was still not treating its sewage. Right. I, I'm I'm really happy that this is over for the most for selfish reasons because anytime I would have the environmental arguments from someone from, from say Alberta and I'd be talking about yeah. we'll, we'll discuss the oil sands and we'd be like yeah you know I go out with all this environmental stuff and, and they'd be they just come back and look you in the eye and say Victoria water sewage and I'd be like oh I have no defense on that you're totally right I have no argument. I know I, uh, for many, many years, was the Canadian commentator on the NPR radio station in Seattle, and once in a while we'd do phone in, or I'd give speeches down there, and I was always asked this question, when are you folks in Victoria going to start treating your sewage? And I always would say, you know, we have a plan. (laughs) We have a plan. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to do it one of these days, you know, but it was always a question of doubt as to whether or not we were actually going to get it done. So, yeah, I am enormously relieved that it is done. The next time I go speak to the City Club in Bellingham, which I hope will be next year, 
uh, I will be able to say uh, it's done. Uh, treatment is happening in Victoria. And, uh, you know, thank you for your support over the years yeah. and putting pressure on us. I'm not sure, without the pressure from south of the border and the incredible effort of Mr. Floaty, uh, I don't know. <laughs> We'd probably still be talking about it, I'm guessing. Wow. Now, you know, it wouldn't surprise me. Vaughn, thanks for the chat and the walk down memory. It was a pleasure. It was perfect, my friend. All the best. Yeah. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. There you go. Victoria finally got it. And and just a quick comparison. Here's Vaughn as Mr. Floaty. I'm Mr. Floaty, the ocean poo. If you come from Victoria, I come, come from, from you. you. Now, here's the original song. I'm Mr. Floaty, the ocean poo. If you're from Victoria, then I'm from you. I've seen the love inside of you, because I'm the ocean poo. I almost like Vaughn better. I'm Floaty, the ocean poo. If you come from Victoria, I come from you. <laughs> there you go. Way to go, West Coast. Finally getting on the, the green train out there in a Victoria. Gosh. Oh, time, West Coast hippies. Thank you for listening to the Shift Daily Podcast. Tune into the show online or on the radio.